0: Stay with us following this week's Crosswalk for information on Pastor Clay's new book, I Get It, Discovering How to Really Live in the Promises of God, Growing in God's Word, and Learning what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh.
1: You want your husband to change? You want your husband to be more romantic? Take a number because virtually every woman I know wishes her husband were more romantic.
0: Romance, most wives desperately want it. Most husbands are bad at it. But what does God say about romance?
1: Clearly, Solomon and his bride have a deep appreciation for one another, and they are not afraid to express that appreciation physically, intimately, emotionally. They're not afraid to express how they feel about their spouse.
0: Hello and welcome to Crosswalk. We're so glad you've joined us today as we continue our series, Until Death Do Us Part. This study is a focus on marriage and some of the elements of marriage that we need God's perspective on if we're going to have a marriage that is enduring and fulfilling. Today, Pastor Clay is approaching the subject of romance and its place in marriage.
1: You're dying to jump into this message, right? More women said that than men. Clearly, I can tell you that that's for sure.
0: For many people, romance is something they think about when they're dating someone. But as Pastor Clay is going to explain today, romance is vital after we say, I do. Now here's Pastor Clay. I
1: is romance good in your marriage? Yeah. you are my wife? Well, I said, yes. My wife has always been and she has. My, my wife's always been great at romance. Uh, planning stuff and, you know, just doing stuff, you know, because I, I don't know if some of you wives have noticed this, but guys tend to drop the ball on this romantic stuff. So have y'all I don't, I don't know, I'm just, but my wife has always been great at it. She's always done little things for me and all that kind of stuff. Uh, let me tell you something about something she did for me this week. Now, it's not really romantic, uh, but let me tell you something she did, did for me. Uh, Cindy uh, discovered this app uh, she installed on her iPad that um, that, that you, you download a photo of yourself into this app and it, did, well, it does whatever it does. And then it estimates your age. And it estimated, uh, so she did it, and it estimated her age at 37. She was happy. She was happy. So she going running up to my office and, you know, show me this and tell me this. It said I was 37. Let's do you. <laughs> yeah, I said let's not. That's why I said Let, let's not. So you can imagine who won that one. So it estimated me to be a year older than I actually am. That was a nice thing for her to do for me. But you know that's how that's how marriage can go. That's how romance can go. Sometimes you know you're you think you're 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 doing pretty good at it, but then then reality comes around and you. It's not quite what you thought it was or what it should have been or what it could have been or that sort of thing. We're in a series um, uh, about marriage entitled, Until Death Do Us Part. Got to put that question mark on there. Until Death Do Us Part. And uh, we have looked at some of the reasons for uh, marriage uh, so far. But what did we look at last week? Anybody remember? Cle- clearly... <laughs> impressionable message left on all y'all. Yes. The realities of marriage. Right? Y'all remember that? If you were here, this realities of marriage. Well today we're talking today we're talking about uh, the romance marriage. Now let me just say this to you. This is a little different than the way I normally do a message. I I, I like to normally, you know, preach through a text and, and look at that text and pull out what that text is saying. This is a little different today um, because we're looking at a, a book of the Bible that, that I'm kind of Kind of exegeting or pulling out some ideas from book overall okay it 's a, it's a, it's a short book i 'll talk more about it in just a minute, but so we 're not actually kind of reading a text as we go today and so it 's a little bit different. but I want to share what I think are some some ideas about romance. Uh, that I think we can look at in this, in this book, and that we can also then examine our own lives, our own marriages. If you're here and you're married or you want to be married at some point in your life, you can look at these things and, and see some components that probably need to be part of your relationship with your spouse uh, in, in the area of romance. Right? You with me? All right? You're dying to jump into this message, right? More women said that than men. I, clearly, I can tell you that. That's for sure all right let we're, we're going to start with a, a different idea today we're going to start with this or we're going to start with this one. Romance is personal that that we have to first understand that romance is personal now here's what I mean by that. You may love a lot of people, but you're not romantic with them, right? I mean, I think we all know this, but but I don't think I'd ever actually said it like this before, but y- you may in other words, what well, we tend to, we tend to associate romance with love, but really, romance is only connected to the person that that we in, in share our life with. Or if you're not married, if you're single, you perhaps hope to share your life with. You may love a sibling or a parent, but you're not romantic toward them, right? Right. <laughs> Right, you may you may have a best friend that you can honestly say I love them, but you're not romantic uh, toward them. Or you may to, to the body of Christ you may say, man, I, I, I love I love my brothers and sisters in Christ, but you're not romantic toward them. We're not that kind of church. <laughs> it's different. So uh, so romance is personal. It is something that is shared between you and your spouse. Okay, let's look at a couple of passage of Scripture from the Song of Solomon. Uh, By the way, yeah, Song of Solomon, uh, Song of Songs, or Song of Solomon. Uh, It has both names, and depending on how old your Bible is or what translation is, you may find either one of those, Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. Uh, It has both those names because, uh, at least I understand it originally, when it was written in Hebrew, it was Song of Songs. Later, when it was translated into Greek and into Latin, it was still called Song of Songs. It wasn't until, at least my understanding is, it wasn't until it began to be translated into English that some people began to refer to it as the Song of Solomon. I assume simply because Solomon is generally credited with having written the book. And so some people began to to refer to it that way. And it is a very sexually expressive book. <laughs> it is a very... As a matter of fact, it is so... Uh, Sexually expressive that um, many of the religious leaders uh, in Israel and then later uh, early church fathers and and, uh, early church pastors, uh, it was so sexually expressive that they they allegorized the interpretation of the book. In other words, they, uh, an allegory just means that it's a, it's, a, basically it's a story that means something else. And so they said, it's not really about romance and, and physical intimacy and, and sex. It's not really about that. It's really about God's love for Israel or God's love for his bride, the church. It's, it's an allegory. It's just, it, it's, it sounds like this, but it's, it's really this. And there are pastors and, and commentators who still uh, interpret it, Uh, allegorically uh, today. And and let me say, they they may be right, but I don't think so. I think it is exactly what it presents itself to be. I think that it is a book about two people who are deeply and passionately in love and who are, quite honestly, hot for each other and not afraid to express those feelings that they have for each other. Okay? So we're going to Read some of that today. Y'all all right? Yeah, you say so now. All right, so let's look, let this idea, go back to this idea that, that romance is personal. Let me just look at a couple of these things from Song of Solomon in uh, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Um, uh, I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valleys, like a lily among the thorns, so is my darling among among the maidens. Solomon says, man, she is, all, she's... She, they're just thorns compared to her. You know, this is his focus on, on him and her. In uh, chapter 7, verse 10, uh, she says, I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. It's, it's personal, right? It's this thing that they, that they share and that they don't share with anybody else in their relationship. It's something just between the two of them, okay? Romance is personal. You may... Growing up, you going to school. You may give out Valentine cards to, to several girls or, or boys when you when you're in school. But when you get a little older and you begin to and you, be, you begin or you began dating or courting or whatever you want to call it, uh, you may have you know gone to the prom with this person or done this with this person. You may, you may have had some, some romantic feelings toward them. When I was in high school, I gave a bouquet of roses to the entire cheerleading squad. That was a good move. That was, that was, that was awesome. But when, you, but when you get married, this thing called romance becomes something that's only between you. Or if you're single, it's this thing that this person that you might only share with them. By the way, if you are single, uh, keep in mind that every single person that you, that you date or court or whatever you want to call it, every single person is potentially the person that you will say vows that you'll spend the rest of your life with them. So you might want to keep that in mind. I'm just saying you might want to keep that in mind when you're saying yes to a date or you're asking someone out. Every single person is potentially the person that that you will marry. But when you are married, it's this personal thing that's just shared between the two of you. Alright. Second idea romance is depletable. Y'all say that word, depletable. Say it. Depletable. I don't even know if that's a word, but it, it didn't give me a red line when I did it like that. So, Romance is depletable. I, and I don't, I don't really even have to tell you this, do I? If, you're, if you are married or have been married, I really don't have to tell you this, do I? Romance can be depletable. It can, it, it can run dry. It can, it can run out. It can, it can be, what, what happened? Where did it go? What's, what's going on? I'll give you four reasons. Now, these may not be the only four reasons, but, but I'm telling you, they're probably at the head of the line. Okay, first reason that that uh, romance can be depletable, busyness. Busyness is anybody busy, right? Is anybody busyness? Just we're 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 a busy culture. We're a, we're a, a busy nation. We're we're just busy people in the twenty first century, and marriage can suffer for that. Romance can become depletable as a result of that. Think about this: when when you guys uh, when you were uh, dating, you began to become involved with the person that you're married to now, right? It was easy, wasn't it? I mean, you, you're like this, right? Conversation flowed easy. Uh, you, you thought about that person all the time. You wanted to, you wanted to be with that person all the time. You, you, maybe you wrote letters or cards, and uh, you, maybe you gave gifts. There's different ways you expressed it. And, and, and on your wedding day, you were like this, right? You know what I'm saying? You just, you're just close. Oh, we're so close. We're just so. Right? Okay, come on. Are y'all married? Did, didn't y'all feel that way? <laughs> you, got married, you got married. You just man, you're like this, and you and you went on your honeymoon. It was great, and and you were like this, and 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 you came back from your honeymoon. You're like this, and and you know maybe the first six months, the first year, it's like this, but somewhere along the way, this little thing called life comes in. Right? Oh, you're like oh, we're so we're so close. We're so I love him so much. <laughs> and then and then here comes life, right? Long hours at work. Maybe kids come along. Ball games and ballet lessons. And hectic schedules and financial stress, all this stuff is coming in here. And along the way, and probably you know, and so you, you probably sense that hey, hey something's, you know, it's not the same. And and we work, oh we're going to get a weekend, we're going to get away or we're going we're going to work on this, we're going to take a class on on romance or I don't know. You you know, all this stuff you're fighting it, but if you're not careful, what well, starts out as this can end up like this. I mean, it really can. And maybe, have y'all ever heard somebody say, or maybe you've, you've had this before. You ever had somebody, heard somebody say, um, man, long-distance relationships can be, can be hard to do. Anybody ever try to do a long-distance relationship? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Man, long-distance relationships can be, can be hard to do. Listen to me. If you're not careful, you can live at the same address... And be in a long-distance relationship. It's busyness. Second reason. Selfishness. Too much of me and not enough of them. Too much of, well, I want to do this. Or I like this. Or I don't want to do that. Or I think it just... Just selfishness. I don't know, if, but I can relate to that. I know how easy it is for me to get, to get selfish and to not be looking to what's the best needs of my spouse. Selfishness begins to come in to our lives. And listen, not only is that bad for marriage and, and, and your romance, it is, listen to me, it is the polar opposite of what we are called to do as followers of Jesus Christ, which is Selflessness. We're called to selflessness, and we'll get into that in the next couple of weeks as we get into the responsibilities of marriage. But but that we're called to selflessness, and yet it's so easy just it's just selfishness. Ah, like, oh, yeah, no. you know what I'm saying? Third reason, laziness. Laziness. Well, I got them now. <laughs> I don't I don't got to try anymore. I won the prize. They said yes. They popped the question. and, and just just lazy. Just just lazy. Fourth reason, emptiness. Too much busyness, too many late nights, too many fights and arguments, too many misunderstandings, not enough time together, not enough holding hands, not enough intentionality to it. And and before you know it, the love tank from which romance springs is running on empty. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just, just empty. I, I just, I, I just don't have it to give to you. I just am not, it's depletable. Listen, there's even an, a, an example of this in Song of Solomon. Okay? All right, let's, let's start, <laughs> start out reading it. Just remember, y'all said y'all were okay with it. No. I was asleep, uh, but my heart was awake. This is, this is Solomon's bride. She's talking. I was asleep, but my heart was awake a voice. My beloved was knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling. Not really a sister, okay? Just the way they talk. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my perfect one, for my head is drenched with dew, my locks with the damp of night. Tell the truth. Y'all would start laughing if your husband said that to you, wouldn't you? The, the picture here is that is that um, Solomon's bride is is somewhere else. Maybe she's, she's in another chamber. Maybe she's in another part of the... the their, their, whatever it is. And the picture is that he goes outside and he, and he, and he wants to be with her so much that he's, you know, the, the night dew has got... And he's gone and he's knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door. Let let me in. Now, it could be that that's literally true. That There was this situation where he went outside and got dew on his head and knocked on the door. I, hey, hey, let me in, my, my dove, my perfect one. That could literally be true. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I... I I don't think it's literally... Song of Solomon is, is a is a poetical writing. Not that it's not true, but I'm saying, it's pro- for me, I don't think it's literally that he's knocking on a door. I think that's code for the fact that Solomon wants to be with his wife. Can I get an amen? I think that's code for... Come on, baby. <laughs> it's, I think it's code for Solomon wants to be with his, his wife. And, he, and, he's, and he's expressing that through this poetical Writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Watch this response. Look at what she says. This Here's her response I've taken off my dress. How can I put it on again? Probably not a problem for him. He's probably okay with that. But I've taken off my dress. How can I put it on again? I've washed my feet. How can I dirty them? If I get out of bed, my feet will get dirty again. I've already washed my feet before I got into bed. How can I? That's code for not tonight. That's code for uh, you did something to tick me off. That's code for I'm not in the mood. That's code for I've got a headache. That's, that, I think that's code for, nah, no. Watch what happens. My beloved extended his hand through the opening and my feelings were aroused for him. I arose to open to my beloved and my hands dripped with myrrh and my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the bolt. That's probably code too, but I don't believe we can talk about it in church. <laughs> so, now watch. So I opened to my beloved. I got up. I got out of bed. I, I opened to my beloved. But my beloved had turned away and had gone. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> my heart went out to him as he spoke. I searched for him, but I didn't find him. I called him, but he did not answer me. You know why? Ladies, why didn't he answer? Come on, ladies. Why didn't he answer? Y'all know. He's pouting, isn't he? Come on. So you can say it. It doesn't matter if your husband's sitting beside. He's pouting, Right? <laughs> She didn't want me. Hmm. And, and what started out as, as this, this romantic engagement, this romantic expression, these, these feelings of romance uh, turned into feelings of disappointment and rejection. And it's just how quickly romance can be depleted from our relationship with our spouse. It is depletable. So the question is then, what, what, what do we do? What do we do about it? All right, here we go. Romance is intentional. Now, they're newlyweds, right? So it's easy for them, right? Romance is easy when, when you're newlyweds. But still, what we find in their interaction is that there is an intentionality to be romantic, and if you and I, in our marital relationships, are going to keep our romance at the level that it that it should be and that it needs to be, then we are going to have to be intentional as well. We're going to have to be intentional about being romantic. With me, man, y'all are quiet. Maybe I know we're down today, and a lot of people are gone, but maybe that's part of it. Okay, so romance is intentional. Uh, let, let's uh, let, let, here, here. Here's just three ideas about. This how romance is intentional, be appreciative, be creative, be expressive. And you see all three of those throughout the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs, you just see it over and over again. Clearly, Solomon and his bride have a deep appreciation for one another, and they are not afraid to express that appreciation physically, intimately, uh, emotionally, they're not afraid to express how they feel about their spouse. And what you also find as you go through it is that they do it in a, in a very creative way, especially in their description of their spouse, of the relationship they have, of, of their physical intimacy. They, they, they express it in, in what really is some very creative ways at times let's, let's look at a, a few ideas. In chapter one, verse two and three, kiss me, kiss me again. I tried to add some dramatic effect there, it Kiss me and kiss me again, for your love is sweeter than wine. How fragrant your cologne. Your name is like it's spreading fragrance. No wonder all the young women love you. Solomon's like, Yep. Yeah. <sighs> yep, say it, baby. <laughs> right? She what does she man, man all the all the all the women wish that they were me. All the women would love to be married to you. And you you smell so fine. Sure wish you would kiss me again. (laughs) All right, here we go. Uh, In chapter four, verse one through seven. You are beautiful, my darling, beautiful beyond words. Now he says that, but he uses lots of words. Your eyes are like like doves behind your veil. Your hair falls in waves like like a flock of goats winding down the slopes of Gilead. Your teeth are as white as sheep. F- recently shorn and freshly washed your smile is flawless each tooth matched with its twin your lips are like scarlet ribbon your mouth is inviting your cheeks are like rosy pomegranates behind your veil your neck is as beautiful as the tower of david jeweled with the shields of a thousand heroes your breasts are like two fawns twin fawns of of a gazelle not so fast tyler <laughs> <laughs> a gazelle grazing among the lilies getting hot in here yeah. before the dawn breezes blow and the night shadows flee I will hurry to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of frankincense you are all together beautiful my darling beautiful in every way now I, I honestly I don't know how many women would like their eyes compared to doves or their hair Compared to a flock of goats. Or their teeth compared to a, a freshly shorn sheep. Or their... Uh, never mind. But here's what, I do, here's what I do believe. I believe that women, wives, want to know that their husbands think something. I think they want to hear their husbands say something. Okay, you don't got to compare my hair to a flock of goats. I'm sure that was very sexy back then. One time, my wife, Cindy, got her hair done and she, and it was like a new color. And she came home and she said, what do you think? What do you think? This was bad. This was bad. Guys, you listen, don't ever use this term. I said, it looks maroon. Don't, don't, don't use that. Don't say your hot hair looks maroon. I don't know whatever color you want to call it, but don't use that color. I don't, I don't know, I don't know how, how sexy a wife would find that kind of talk today. But what I do think is that wives want their husbands to think something. I think that they want us to say, man, you're beautiful. You're beautiful in every way to me and, and, and you are. I mean, I, I love this about you and your features. Yes, it, it's a physical description, but it doesn't have to stop there. And you do notice that it, it starts with the eyes. It starts with that that relational part and he, he works down from there. But you understand, I, I, think, I think they want to hear some stuff like this. Um, a few more. Uh, in chapter 4, verse 9. You have captured my heart, my treasure, my bride. You hold it hostage with one glance of your eyes. That's good, isn't it, ladies? That's, I, I, we ought to write that down and use that at some point. Because that is that is good. Right? Come on. It's, wow. It's the intentionality to, to, to do this. Um, in verses, I think, 11 through 15. Your lips... Our sweetest nectar, my bride. Do you see the do you see the creativity in this? Do you see the expression in this? Do you see the appreciation in this? Honey and milk are under your tongue. I'm sure that was cool back then. But honey and milk are under your tongue. Your clothes are scented like the cedars of Lebanon. You are my private garden, my treasure. Watch this. You're my private garden, my treasure. My bride, a secluded spring, a hidden fountain. Your thighs shelter a paradise of of pomegranates with rare spices. Henna with nard, nard and saffron, fragrant calamus and cinnamon with all the trees of frankincense and myrrh and aloes and every other lovely spice. You are a garden fountain, a well of fresh water streaming down from Lebanon's mountains. Wow. <laughs> After that description. Now, listen, listen. Appreciative, creative, expressive. Watch how she responds. This is her response. Awake, North Wind. What she? What do you call her? A garden. Awake, North Wind. Rise up, South Wind. Blow on my garden and spread its fragrance all around. Come into your garden, my love. Taste its finest fruits. Right? It's man. To, to, to just to just slow down. Uh, Steve mentioned back he shouted out a minute ago that that they've been married forty years. now I've been married thirty six years. And man, how how easy it can be to to just forget to, to appreciate who you're married to and, and what it is about them that you appreciate and and, and to find ways to, to express that. And, and it's okay to be creative in, in that. Y'all with me? Okay. All right. Here we go. In verse 10 through 13, I am my beloved and his desire is for me. Come, my beloved, let us go out into the country. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us rise early and go to the vineyards. Let us see whether the vine has budded and its blossoms have opened. I'm thinking it has. And whether the pomegranates have bloomed. And there I will give you my love. The mandrakes have given forth fragrance. And over our doors are all choice fruits, both new and old, which I have saved up for you, my beloved. Wow, there's such a focus on creatively expressing how they feel and that in itself creates this this romance in marriage okay um, and then uh, last uh, this morning romance is critical it, it really is critical in uh, and I'm I'm learning that but I, us guys we tend to to be behind on that, and the need for that and, and how critical it is, because listen while, while I said at the beginning of this thing that there 's a direct correlation between romance and, and physical intimacy uh, sex but, it, but not, that 's not the only correlation there 's also a direct correlation with emotional intimacy that it is in the expression of those words and those acts of kindness, writing a letter, uh, ring home flowers, whatever it is that that, that that you do it is in those acts. Those expressions of, of romance, that, that emotional uh, stability and emotional uh, strength is built up in your marriage. So it is critical that we have it. So, I mentioned some of the things about, you know, to be intentional about it and what you need to do. But uh, let me just address specifically husbands. Husbands, we need to stop making excuses and we just need to start making choices. Thought for sure some lady would amen that. That's good, you know y'all are next, right? <clears throat> we need to stop making excuses and we need to start making choices. We need to stop saying and I you know, I'm sure we've all used this at some time, right? Well, that's that's just the way I am. Anybody ever use that one? Well, that's that's just not how I am. This is just the way I am. Listen, can I let y'all in on a little secret? One of the truths about being a follower of Jesus is that he's trying to change us from who we are into who he wants us to be. He's trying to file off the rough, rough edges. He's trying to build into our life what should be and take out of our life what shouldn't be there. So we can't really, if you're here and you profess to be a follower of Jesus, you can't really use that one, male or female. You get, well, that's just, that's just the way I am. And I hear that, right? I hear uh, people that get angry, really, well, that's just the way I am. no. No, that's not the whole point of following Christ. Is that He's changing us into who He wants us to be. So, so we have got to start making some choices. I, I've got have got to start saying I'm I'm going to I'm going to choose to find ways to show Cindy how much I love her. I'm going to choose to to uh, do this or do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to make a plan. I'm gonna choose to to uh, think appreciatively of her. I'm gonna take. now I talked about that. I think even just last week this. This need to appreciate my spouse and how important that is. I'm going to choose to make time to do that. We've got to stop making excuses and we've got to start making some choices to do that. Right, guys? Really, I, want, I encourage us to do that. All of us to do that. And then for the wives, wives, stop making complaints and start making plans. No guy dared amen that. <laughs> Stop making complaints and start making plans. Listen, you want, your, you want your husband to change? You want your husband to be more romantic? Take a number. Because virtually every woman I know wishes her husband were more romantic. Starting with my wife. Virtually every I'm sure there are... I'm sure there are some of you guys that are unbelievably romantic. But as a general rule, through 20 plus years of counseling, I can tell you that most wives... Wish their husbands were more romantic. So stop complaining about it because all the complaining in the world, quite honestly, is not going to change it. And you start making some plans. That's what's what, Cindy's done that for years. She's like, if I wait for him. So she just, she just makes plans. She just, she just does stuff. She just, and I'm just, yeah, you want your spouse to change. But, but if you'll just, t- if you'll take those, st- those intentional steps to say, here's how we can build romance into ma- our marriage. Here's something we can do to be romantic. Here's something I can, I can plan for that. You're, listen, you're not only honoring God by fulfilling your role as a wife, but you're also perhaps hopefully helping your husband see, yeah, you know, boy, that's, she does such, that's, that's awesome. We have such a good time. We do that. Uh, maybe I should try some of that. Maybe I should, I should do some of that sometimes. Stop complaining and stop, start making plans. I remember one, one time when we were in seminary, um, Cindy worked full-time for the seminary and I worked part-time for the seminary and, and went to school full-time. And, uh, we, we didn't have much money I'm not, I'm not whining or complaining. we always had enough what we needed but but you know we just didn't didn't have that much money. Um, but uh, we were coming up on our 20th anniversary, and uh, she scrimped and saved and set money aside I don't, I don't know what she did so that on our anniversary she presented me w- with this uh, trip to, uh, to Pinehurst three days at Pinehurst and including getting to play Pinehurst number two. If you're not a golfer, that may not seem very romantic to you. <laughs> but if you're a golfer, that's like, wow, that's really romantic. <laughs> the point is you just, you, just, you just have to begin to make some plans and say, you know, I, I, I want him to be more romantic. I hope he will be more romantic. But in the meantime, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to put my part into this to make romance a, a critical part of our relationships. Right? So romance, first and foremost, is what? That's right. It's personal. It's personal. By the way, if you're ever in a situation, and it happens a lot. If you're ever in a situation, because this thing is so personal. It's just between you and your spouse. If you're in a situation where someone begins to extend romantic gestures to you. Somebody at the office. Little innuendos in emails. Comments on Facebook. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Somebody begins to do that in any shape, form, or fashion, run. Don't walk, run. Run away from it as fast as you can. Put it down, step back, step away. Because you can't believe the power that can be in that. Especially if the romantic feelings between you and your spouse are not strong at that particular time in your marriage. And I know there's, but if they're not strong and, and someone begins to subtly just drop little hints and say that, Listen, that can feel good to you. If you're not getting that at home, that can feel really good to you. And before you know it, you're going down a road that you'll regret the rest of your life. And it will not honor God. So no, but, 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 but this thing is personal. It's just between you and your spouse. Uh, the pastor I surrendered to, uh, uh, to ministry under, Paul Tyree, his wife Pam, she used to tell this story about uh, her, and, her and Paul were out, out somewhere one time. It was like, they were like at a zoo or museum or something. Do you remember where they were, baby? At uh, the mall. Okay, I was close. <laughs> they're, at the, they're at the mall. Right, they're at the mall. And maybe, maybe Paul went to one store and she's at another store or whatever else. But uh, Pam sees this, uh, kind of sees this guy and maybe he had on a shirt that was like Paul's or whatever else. But without, you know, really she goes up to this this guy, you know, and she, uh, he's, he's like standing at the rail. And she goes up and just kind of slides her arm around him, just rubbing him on the back and... You know, just loving on him. And then she looks over and realizes it's not her husband. <laughs> it's not her husband. I won't tell you what, what she did, what happened. But, uh, Ooh, that's not, no, it's personal. This is just something between you and your spouse. And romance is what? It's depletable, isn't it? Man, it, it is, folks, faster than we realize. And so what do we have to do when, in regards to romance? We have to be intentional. This is a quiz. You're going to be graded on this. And we have to be intentional because romance is what? Critical. It really is. It's critical. It's easy when you're newlyweds. It's easy when you're dating. The longer you go into it, the harder it can be because of busyness, because of distractions, because of selfishness, because of all those things that we talked about. So we have to be intentional to say, I'm going I'm to be appreciative of my spouse. I'm going to be creative in ways to express that. And I'm going to express it. Because romance is critical to our marriages.
0: Thanks, Pastor. Some people might be surprised to hear that some of the passages that we looked at today are actually in the Bible. But God cares about every aspect of our life, including our marriages. God wants marriages that are healthy and where both husband and wife are being fulfilled in their role in the marriage. As Pastor Clay explained today, and as Solomon and his brand new bride showed us, romance is a very personal thing shared between a husband and his wife. It needs to be cherished and nurtured to ensure that the romance in a marriage stays strong, which in turn helps the marriage itself stay strong. We're glad you joined us for this week's Crosswalk.
1: getting if i'm not really living in the promises of god why is that that's what this book explores
0: i get it is available online and electronic versions for the nook and kendall as well as paperback form from amazon.com and ask for it by name at your favorite local bookstore
1: you can go in bookstores and just say hey uh have you got a book in here uh entitled i get it from clay stevens they can order this book out of their catalogs that they get
0: Get your copy today. Discover the promises of God and the steps you need to take to get it. And join us here each week online for another Crosswalk message. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable to every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. Cross-culture Church, we're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. Our desire is to be used by God to show people that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where you'll find what you're searching for. Cross Culture Church.
1: I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place.
0: Cross Culture Church, a new church for people like you. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org.